there are reports this morning, and we've spoken about this a little earlier, uh, that parents have taken aim at the education department over critical teacher shortages at a public primary school in Catherine South. Now, the ABC was reporting earlier this morning that at least three staff from the department, two of which are former principals, have been deployed to the school to help fill the shortage in the short term. Michelle Ayres, the branch president of the Australian Education Union here in the Northern Territory, joins me on the line. Good morning to you, Michelle. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Now, Michelle, what is the situation from your understanding in Catherine? So the situation in Catherine is a similar one, really, to what we're facing across the Territory. And um, there's been a bit of uh, media attention around this lately. So I'm sure people will have been made aware of the fact that we are currently facing a teacher shortage that has meant that we've started this school year with um, probably a higher number of vacancies than we would have um, previously. This is something the union has been warning on for a while. In Catherine, uh, they've got a particular situation where um, on top of some of the other issues that are going on in the Territory, Catherine teachers have been in this battle for the last, since 2019, to be recognised as a remote area and have um, conditions specific to Catherine. And so, yeah, it's particularly acute um, there at the moment. Now, how many teachers short are we as of the first day yesterday? Uh, The union aren't given specific numbers on this, so we get the same publicly available data as everyone. We do know there were more than 100 positions advertised on Teaching the Territory website, which is where the department posts their teacher vacancies. And that is higher than what we've seen in previous years? Yes, absolutely. It would be maybe regular to go into a school year seeing maybe 20 to 30 vacancies that have been filled. And the department's been clear with us that they've kept a vacancy posted even if there's a temporary um, like fill solution, like the ones you were just speaking of, a redeployment or a relief teacher. They'll keep the vacancy posted for a long-term option. Yeah, so what we're seeing now, particularly what I've I've seen in Catherine, is that then some of those departmental staff or retired principals, um, by the look of it in some cases as well, are then filling some of those positions that are currently vacant. Is that right? That is our understanding. So, um, yeah, there's, there's staff who've come from the Department of Education offices in Darwin and the regional office in Catherine, I believe, to fill those positions. Um, our concern there is that those staff have jobs to do as well that are yeah. extremely critical at the start of the year around curriculum and um, student wellbeing, uh, special needs, um, student engagement, all of the things that teachers need support with and schools need support with at the start of the year. Those people are then taken out of those jobs and put in front of students, which obviously we need people in front of students. So yeah. it's just deciding where are we going to put that energy. It sounds like it's a tough juggle right now, Michelle. And we know that there is that teacher shortage right around the nation. But do you think that it's more prevalent here in the Territory or are we sort of, you know, on par with other states? It's definitely more prevalent here in the Territory. The numbers maybe don't sound as shocking because we are working on a smaller scale. But percentage-wise, we are we are struggling. Um, and one of the reasons for that is it's so much harder to attract mm. teachers here and then keep them here. And those, like we've talked about, um, attraction and retention incentives, but also at the moment the workloads have spiraled out of control. Burnout is just at an all-time high. And so 
it's for keeping people here that I'm especially focused on at the moment um, because teachers are getting to the point of going, if I can get paid better elsewhere... Why am I staying under these workloads? And correct me if I'm wrong, but we got a call yesterday from one of our listeners saying, Katie, you know, in some of the other states, they're actually offering quite large incentives, New South Wales, I believe, um, to, to try to attract teachers to fill those jobs. Yes, um, I have heard similar reports, generally on a fairly anecdotal basis, but the places that... Um, would be considered probably rural at best, um, especially considering some of the extreme remoteness of the territory. And yeah. I mean, even with Catherine, you're talking about really a quite remote place. Darwin has its own, you know, yeah. unique remoteness to it. So uh, we don't offer any of those kind of bonuses to attract people to Darwin at all. And then in Catherine and recently, only in the last week in Alice Springs, we've introduced some very minor um, attraction benefits, especially considering, um, you know, we're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars elsewhere. It frustrates the heck out of me that we can't do more to try to attract people to places like the Northern Territory, Northern Australia, regional Australia more generally. And, you know, then you've got these incentives in other major states that are pretty close to capital cities where they are able to, you know, to do so. Um, I mean, what could we be doing differently, do you think, Michelle, to try to fill those more than 100, 100 uh, teacher vacancies we've got? Yeah, that's a... See, I, there, I become very wary very quickly of any solution that's proposed that is um, immediate, a quick fix, anything yep. like that, will, you know, maybe address the problem now. But for a sustainable solution, it's going to take hard work and there isn't an easy answer. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a combination of things. So we definitely need to be looking at that um, attraction and retention, uh, at how we're seated in the salary range considering the cost of living pressures on our teachers, but also hand in hand with how are we relieving those workload pressures? What can we do to make changes that will make teaching a sustainable profession that yeah. people will stay in so we're not losing so many people out the door. Mm. If one of those, fixing one of those solutions and not the other, I don't think will work. We have to do both of them together. Yeah, and you know, the pressures on teachers these days seem to be quite different to what they were in years gone by in the sense that, you know, some people are expecting our teachers to, you know, to, to teach our children things that I really believe should be the parents' job. Um, but, you know, I guess that's a whole other discussion. And uh, and we want to make sure that our teachers do have the opportunity to, to really do the job that is in front of them, and that is to educate our children, which they do a phenomenal job at. Um, but some of those outside pressures and some of those extra workloads would be making it more and more difficult to do. Yeah, and what I will say is when it comes to teaching children, teachers know how to do it. It's what they're good at. It's what they've taken time to study. They've got experience doing. And what we're trying to do is just get the government to get out of the way, the Department of Education, et cetera, get them to invest in teachers, give them good opportunities for you know, learning and growth so mm. that they've got the best practice possible, but then also just acknowledge, hey, these teachers actually know what they're doing. We don't need 7,000 forms to prove that they're doing it. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, um, in t you know, we've spoken obviously about the impact that this is having on teachers and, and those vacancies, but what does it mean for the kids as well, which is, you know, such a huge, huge part of this? That's 
I mean, that's a brilliant question because at the end of the day, that's really what it what it's about. Yeah. Educa- the education department, the edu- teaching is about students' futures. It's about the future of the Northern Territory, and uh, that is that's what it's that's what's at stake here. So I think um, I would be very surprised if students going back aren't. Uh, recognising that there's a difference in the fact that we're, we're scrambling to fill these vacancies. It means that, you know, um, l- it's slightly less safe um, or slightly less... Um, a better way of putting that is it's less easy to create a, the kind of conditions that are like a safe learning environment when you've got routine changes because teachers are being pulled and switched to make sure we've got a teacher in front of every child. Yeah. There's a difference between having a body in front of every child and having someone who knows how to craft and create the kind of circumstances that each of those children needs to learn very well and then also to you know, to craft the learning that those children need. Teaching is not, um, it's its not babysitting and it's not something that can be done by a computer or we'd all have a computer, you know, teaching our kids. It's a, it's a highly um, qualified, you know, profession that takes, um, it's, it, we're, we're working with small humans here and yeah. um, I know I'm speaking to you as a mother. Small yeah. humans, every single one of them is different and it takes a professional to know how to address their needs and oh. that's what we're really getting at here. Yeah, look, I cannot speak highly enough of teachers. I think it is such a tough job um, and it is it must be such a rewarding job when you're able to, to be left to to teach um, and not have to worry about some of the other, you know, some of the other stuff that I know so many of our teachers have to deal with these days. Um, but is it is it's such a tough job, and you're truly helping to shape the minds of our young people and and to educate them to open their minds up to to the world. And it's so important to do, and it's so important that we've got great people doing that job, particularly here in the Northern Territory. And I'd say you've hit on something really important there, Katie, and that is that it is a really rewarding job when you have the capacity to do it. And that is some of what we're losing in this. When we're talking about the workloads getting out of control, we're talking about burnout, people being shifted around, we're losing those opportunities for teachers to, you know, have that as a rewarding job. It just becomes, you know, you're the soldier going to work every day to get done the tasks in front of you and then go home. Um, we have to acknowledge that this mm. uh, teaching, there is an emotional component to it. And yeah, absolutely. We need to invest in our schools, our teaching staff, and make sure that well-being is high for yep. both students and teachers and that everyone can just do the best job to give this territory the best future it can have. Spot on. Michelle Ayres, it is great to speak with you this morning. Before I let you go, I know there's lots of, you know, there is obviously a lot of concern about those teacher vacancies, but how did the first day go for all of our wonderful teachers? Yeah, I'm getting, um, I'm getting some good reports, honestly, um, from some of our teachers. Um, in schools, I know that it hasn't been the easiest start to the term with the um, things we've already discussed today. But you know, everyone um, for the most part is back. The, the kids are back. The, um, the teachers are back and wanting to get on with the job. And um, yeah, people are generally interested and intrigued to see how the year plays out. And hopeful, I think, might be the word I'm looking for. There is so we haven't necessarily had the best start, but there is hope. Michelle, lovely to speak with you this morning. Always good to catch up. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.